I'm Brandon in the Morbid Horror Podcast, and today I'm with Brian Pollan of Morbid Vision Films. If you want to introduce yourself. Hi, my name is, my name is Brian. I uh, run Morbid Vision Films. Been doing it for quite a while. And uh, I just got a list of questions uh, about your films I'm going to ask you about. and You can just take them one by one. Okay, no problem. All right, awesome. Uh, to start off, which is pretty broad, uh, what got you into horror? Uh, surprisingly, when I was younger, I see a lot of people saying how you know they were watching horror movies when they were little kids. When I was a kid, um, I was always fascinated by horror. I loved, I can, I wasn't like obsessed with Halloween ever since I can remember. But um, mm-hmm. I was scared of horror movies when I was a kid, and. The other ironic thing is the sight of blood kind of freaked me out in movies as a kid. Uh, even something as simple as when I was, I remember being, when I was small and I saw like Empire Strikes Back in the theater and when they cut open that tauntaun, the guts fell out. I remember closing, like covering my eyes as a kid in the theater. <laughs> but, um, which is weird because now I make some, uh, you know, extremely gory movies. But uh, I was always fascinated by it. I remember even when, um, when a creep show came out, I remember seeing the commercials for it. I saw the comic book in stores, and I was fascinated. I wanted to know what this movie was, but I was too young to see it. Well, no one's going to take me anyways. But um, it wasn't until I was probably about 13 years old where my older cousins got me into it, too. They would tell me about Friday 13th, Pop 4, or uh, whatever. And one of my cousins showed me The Howling for the first time. Uh, he had um, really early VCR or whatever, so he showed it to me. He's like, it's not that bad. Just check it out. And once I saw that, I was obsessed. I just became obsessed with horror movies right from then. Awesome. And um, how old were you when you started uh, shooting films? Uh, I think I was 17. Either 17 or 18. It was right. It was, um, I'm trying to think. I think it was the summer right after I graduated high school. So I was only either 17 or 18 years old when uh, me and my friend Rich George started. We just started off, you know, we borrowed a video camera from someone. And we just started running around the woods, imitating the Evil Dead or whatever. And then um, wrote up a short story, and that was the first one we went for. Awesome. And um, a lot of people know you from your special effects work. And what inspired you to get into making effects, or when did you start doing that? Uh, it was just, I was just, like I said, I was obsessed with horror films at the time. And I had just recently gotten like started renting a lot of stuff on my own way back then. Mm-hmm. And I rented a video. I thought it was just like behind the scenes, the making of horror films. And it was uh Fangoria's video, Scream Greats Volume 1 on Tom Savini. And I didn't realize it was, a, you know, it was about a makeup artist. So I started watching it and I just became obsessed with it. I was like, this is incredible. This is what I want to do. I want to learn how to do this stuff. So just that weekend, I watched it probably like four times while I had the videotape during that weekend. And then instantly I was like, I have to find out more about this. So I started looking in the back back of Fangoria, trying to find where can you get a hold of like the supplies and everything. So it just came from that, from watching, yeah, from watching Scream Greats, I became obsessed instantly and I knew I wanted to learn how to do effects. Awesome. And uh, were there any filmmakers who uh, inspired you to start making movies? Definitely George Romero, because uh probably because of scream greats as well so you know watching tom savini working with george romero i'd st- i went and rented dawn of the dead day of the dead and um i became obsessed with his films and i just it just really inspired me seeing them two working together i started off you know just doing the makeup effects mm-hmm. and 
um, it went from there. Just actually, it started. It all started because I kind of got bored—not bored, but I got tired of spending hours creating makeup effects just to take a few pictures. And um, mm. so I asked my friend Rich George, and I was like, "If we can get a hold of a video camera, we we're just out of high school, so we didn't really have the money." Luckily, his cousin had the camera, so he let us borrow it. And that's how that came through. Uh, just wanting to have it came the filmmaking came part more as an excuse to do the effects, to do hours of makeup effects, and then it gave it more of a chance to showcase the effects work. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And um, would you consider uh, your film Bone Sickness to be like a love letter to a? T- Italian zombie cinema and what's like if you could talk a little bit about bone sickness how did that project start up and what inspired bone sickness uh back then that was in a weird time because zombie films were like basically completely dead at the time there was nothing coming out uh no new zombie films at all were coming out for like a good five years at that point and after we made at dawn they sleep and dead girl on film those people started figuring out you know finding who we were and I had a lot of uh, feedback from people saying, we'd love to see what you'd do with a zombie movie. And I just got so much feedback from that that I said to Rich, I'm like, all right, we've got to make a zombie movie. We've got to try to do something with this. Um, so, yeah, it basically just came out of there. We wanted to, uh, it was kind of a challenge. People were asking us to do one. We're like, all right, let's see what we can do with it. And, yeah, it was definitely Italian-inspired, uh, you know, definitely uh, huge with uh, Lucio Fulci. Yeah. Uh, Zombie and um, City of the Living Dead were major influences of that movie. Awesome. And um, you have a, another zombie film called Blood Pits, which I noticed recently went out of print. I even saw a copy float up on eBay for around 100 bucks. And um, I, I thought I read somewhere that there was uh, like some production issues with it, with it. And I was yeah. wondering um, why, that, why you decided to not re-release that and kind of pull that out of print. Well, it's not that we pulled it out of print. We just... Um... The best way when you do when you order the professional DVDs, it's either you can order either order five hundred, a thousand, or then wherever after that. We mm. always order a thousand copies because it's just more cost effective than just five hundred. And it it actually took a while, but we finally sold out of the thousand that we uh, originally ordered. And it was just a matter of you know we did. We didn't have the money to order more because the company that we're working with, they upped their minimum orders, making it very difficult to reorder DVDs. I mean, when we're doing it the way we're doing it, self-finance, it's like it's not we're not making hardly any money off of doing this. So when it does come time to reorder, sometimes it's pretty difficult. So we figured because it had a an uh, what do you call it, a frame rate issue, I decided I was like, let's just let this release go for now. And we'll have it remastered. We've actually had a couple of people remaster it for us. We had um, a friend of mine from Facebook, Bobby. He actually uh, remastered it for me and sent me a copy of it. And it did clear it up a bit. The mistake was mine. I didn't quite, I didn't fully understand something I was doing with the editing program. Because I never used that, uh, that's, uh, not the software, but whatever the program was. It basically, it, it um, mimics... 24 frames a second that film has and what i didn't realize until after i shot the movie is it has a problem with fast motion and i don't use a tripod very often sometimes and with the sword fights all the little 
like the strobing effect is on the actual footage, so that can't come off. And it was just a matter of I outputted the movie wrong because I thought I had to output it with a 24p frame rate, and I think I accidentally doubled the frame rate to it, so I even made it worse. So there was a few mistakes made with the release of that DVD. So I was just like, all right, let's just let this one go, and hopefully we can re-release it sometime. Okay, awesome. And um, yeah, that's what I was also going to ask if it's, if it will get uh, possibly re-released later in the future because there's been some buzz there's some demand for it from what i've seen from a few people that want to see it yeah uh what we're going to do is we uh for some of our older stuff along with blood pigs we're going to release some uh, dvdrs they won't be the professional dvds but we are going to do some of our own dvdr releases and we'll put those up for sale on ebay very soon actually but there is interest there is a company that um is interested in my movies or wants to put them out so there's a chance blood pigs might get re-released at some point awesome and uh so now i can't say which company that might be right now or well i guess i can say because i'm only affiliated with one company we work with black lava in austria and um they have we basically we always give them full european rights but we're also working with them, so the DVDs will play worldwide, and then we um, we get the stock from them, and then we sell their discs here in the United States. So okay, I was just talking with them recently. We got a lot of plans coming up for the following year, so well for the rest of the year. So hopefully, I'll have some news more towards the summer of what's going on with all that. Awesome, hell yeah! And um, in your film feed. Um, near the end it's mentioned that kevin ruined any chance of reuniting with his deceased family and um after dabbling in all the necromancy i was wondering uh how that happened what what he did that caused him uh for even uh afterlife be separated from his deceased loved ones yeah one thing i did with fetus was has it does have more to the backstory but i don't explain any of it in the movie um I just kind of let things happen in that movie and you can figure some stuff out on multiple viewings, but there are stuff I think I've talked about one of the special features. I just kind of describe what happened when he contacted the demon. He, he thought he was um, contacting his dead wife, but really it was um, a demon that noticed he was doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing, you know, messing around with stuff. So he latched on to her pretending to be the dead wife and what the demon is able to do is once he gets into his, not so much his body or just, just be in contact in general, that demon can get into every aspect of his existence. Also meaning he can also get into whoever he has contact with. So he, the demon is able to go into his entire lifeline and just manipulate anything it wants. So there's a flashback in the movie where you see the uh, wife doing laundry and then a haunting scene mm -hmm. happens. It's a flashback, but it, what it is is the demon has now full control of everything of the character's life. So it can now go back in time and harass his loved ones. So oh. basically, just by making contact with the demon, the demon has full control of every aspect of his life. So yeah, he can basically just for eternity now him and his family are just in hell with that demon, I guess. <laughs> okay, awesome. And uh, we're talking about Black Lava. Black Lava recently put out a, a release of Fetus, I, I believe, as well. Yeah, they've had it for um, 
Well, we, what we were doing is uh, originally they were selling, they printed up their own artwork and we were sending um, them the discs. That's why if anyone noticed um, with the Black Lava being based in Europe, they got PAL DVDs, which is the format for Europe and much of the world. So they were actually getting our discs, so those were able to play everywhere. Um, the Cryptoclasm ones, oh. like they have Cryptoclasm, but you, wouldn't, you would have to have a multi-region player to play them in the United States. That's what we're making sure with the future releases that it's all region and everyone can play them. But um, okay. so we were sending them them, but then we ran into the same problem with Fetus with our with our DVD replicator is they upped their minimum order and we went to go order more Fetus and then we couldn't afford it because the new management was ridiculous. So Black Lava went and they took it on and they had their own version printed there and now whenever we need Fetus we order Fetus through them. So it's kind of reversed. But yeah, we've, uh, we've been working with them with, with uh, Fetus for about four years now, so four or five years. Oh, okay. And um, uh, your film Cryptic Plasm, which is uh, one of my personal favorites, there's kind of a, uh, like a trifecta of stories going on, and it's kind of like an anthology-ish route, and I was wondering what inspired you to do that. Uh, at the time, I had been laid off from my job that I had for 21 years, so first time in my life i had a lot of free time and mm. one of my, my friend joe olsen who's uh, who plays the uh the lead character in the movie he had a, he just happened to have a work schedule where we had like both of us had the half day where it was just nothing going on so we i was trying to find different ways to make money and i found this company on the uh that's bought up video uh short videos for it was for whatever i don't know who cares about the company the company ended up being a waste of time anyways but we we're shooting these short paranormal videos just making them look like you know fake videos that you see on youtube all the time now so we started doing yeah. that we're having a lot of fun with it and uh we're like we'll we'll set up this thing where it's supposed to be like a certain type of you know fake paranormal show we just decided not to go with that company i was like screw it and then i'm like you know what? these are actually pretty cool why don't we turn this into a movie so we actually already had three or four of those short paranormal videos made and then I, we just stopped, and I wrote a script around it. And that um, that became the basis of Cryptic Plasm. And it came the idea of awesome. trying to make his own paranormal investigation show. And then it gave me an excuse, too, because I'm obsessed with H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, all yeah. his work and his stories. So it gave me an opportunity to finally do something very Lovecraftian and go really, really out there with the cosmic horror stuff. So it was a good, great opportunity for that, and it all just came together. Yeah, definitely. The ending of that film is just absolute balls to the wall. Me, me and my buddy watched it, and he ended up uh, picking up a copy, I think, a week, week after I showed him, and he loved it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it gave us an opportunity to do a lot of weird stuff. You just go, there was like complete freedom to do anything bizarre, weird, anything we wanted to do. There was like no limitations at all. So it gave us an opportunity to, to like experiment and try some new stuff, like the the stuff where you see like anti-gravity type blood going up into the air and all that we we uh learned how to do different camera tricks you know how to actually do like visual tricks within camera so that was a lot of fun to do definitely and also do um you have a newer uh, new movie coming out called septic and i noticed uh compared to some of your uh previous releases that it's more of a non-fictional route and i was wondering if there uh how that came about and if there's any uh, like faux snuff films that inspired septic Septa came up, uh, came together by accident in a way, I guess you could say. Um, kind of like Cryptic Plasm. 
the whole the way it began was we were working on a possible future release. It was actually for the movie Dead Girl on Film, which hasn't been available since 2005, 2007, something like that. And so we're trying to put together a release for that. And I wanted to shoot some extra special features. So we're going to do, um, it was just supposed to be a 15-minute short about snuff films. It started off, it was going to be mostly just snuff footage. But then the character story came into it. So we're like, all right, we'll make a 15, 20-minute mm-hmm. story about these people with the snuff films. But as we started shooting, the more we did and everything, the, start, the story started to evolve. And I'm like, you know what? This is becoming too good just for, as an added bonus to a DVD. So we just said the hell with it. And I saw it. I just, as we shot, I wrote, I just kept writing and the story evolved that way. The movie, the plot literally evolved as we shot that movie. Oh, okay. so we just realized we're like, all right, this is where we were very happy with the way it was coming out. And at some point we just like, okay, this is the next, this is the next full length movie. Let's turn this into a full length movie. Awesome. And when can people expect to see that coming out? My goal is to have a finished master copy by October. So uh, maybe winter 21, spring 2021. By the time, you know, because trying to get, you know, get it out there, get everything made and everything. I I would say most likely, realistically, it'd probably be spring 2021. Okay. I would love to say October, but things always happen. I mean, Morbid Tale yeah. has been finished for three years, and I still don't have the damn thing out there yet. <laughs> well, that was another thing that I was going to ask, is you also have the release of Morbid Tales coming out, and I was wondering uh, what that's all about. That should be coming very soon. We're working with Black Lava, and they helped us out so much. Uh that was one of the ones where I was just like, I wish I never even made the damn movie. Everything went. It's just pr- trying to get the movie released has been a nightmare. But now that it's finally at that point where it's almost ready to be ordered, it's almost ready to get out there and be mass produced. So now it's like I can finally start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think people will enjoy it because, again, Morbid Tales only came together because of people asking for it. Um, like I said, Morbid Tales is an anthology. That's the very first three short films that me and Rich George made back in the early 90s when we were just teenagers and stuff. And people saw some, a couple of pictures of them on the website that we had on there. But everyone always requests them. Like, I didn't feel right selling them to people. I'm like, these are the first ones we ever made. We shot them on v- you know, with a VHS camcorder. And they were edited between two VCRs because there was no at-home editing equipment back then. Mm-hmm. We just had to do it by learning, just trying to figure out how to do it. So, the, you know, the quality isn't the greatest, but we had kept getting so many requests for it. Finally, I just I brainstormed. I'm like, okay. I came up with a concept and thought of a fun way to do it that would make it entertaining. And we made sure also to shoot enough new stuff, the whole wraparound story. Instead, it's not just like, like you know a minute in between each story there's a full whole new story going on and then the finale which takes which is at least 15 minutes long is all brand new all full of effects we did very large scale effects for this so people see are getting the first three movies but they're also getting a whole new movie wrapped around it so 
this way I felt comfortable. I'm like, okay, this I feel comfortable releasing. Hell yeah, I'm real excited for that one to come out. Looking forward to that one. And I just got a couple more questions. Um, I was wondering if you've ever gotten any um, like significant threats or harsh responses due to some of the violent nature in your films from uh, people that maybe took it the wrong way or took some of your films the wrong way. Surprisingly, no. Well, actually, oh, there was one. Yeah. Um, apparently, I I pissed off the gov- the German government. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had personal people. Personal feedback, I've never had any problems. Never in the United States. I, I, I actually wasn't sure about the cover of Fetus. I, at the time, my wife at the time, I, I like questioned her. I'm like, should we do this? And she's like, yeah, put it out. Let's do it. Let's go for it. I'm like, okay. Never had a problem with the cover of Fetus. Never had the artwork. No problem with it, anything. But um, we ended up getting paperwork from the German government saying, basically, do not send this movie into our country anymore. And we got, um, we basically got like the cease and desist paperwork saying it's illegal to send fetus into Germany. Um, my name and my address, I, and I think it was ended up on a German website, government website. (laughs) And the weirdest thing that the funniest thing that happened with that was we got the paperwork. We're like, all right, whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, they actually had a court hearing and I was invited to it, but I'm like, no, thanks. I'll stay here. (laughs) so i'm like go ahead ban the movie do whatever you want and then all of a sudden we're we're literally sitting there watching tv and uh stacy who's the uh, business manager she's like whoa something just happened i'm like why what what's the matter she goes we just got flooded with orders to germany for fetus i'm like seriously and then i think that (laughs) night or the next day a fan from germany um messaged me and said hey your name's on the government website blah 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 i'm like oh jesus (laughs) He sent me the link, and that's because I guess in Germany, a lot of the horror fans, the extreme horror fans, they'll literally go to that site and see what the next band film has been, and then they're like, "All right, we got to have that," and then that happened. But yeah. the problem we had, the problem we ended up having with that is, all right, the movie's banned. They're going to be looking for it. Customs is going to seize this movie every time it comes in. We just got all these orders. How are we going to get them to customers? So uh, Stacy came up with the idea. She bought like the ugliest envelopes possible, like all flower patterns, something like you would expect from your grandmother or something. Yeah. Uh, she printed up artwork. She um, scanned and printed up like X Files and South Park covers. So we slid <laughs> those in over the fetus covers, and then we just um, we didn't know what to do with the disc because we got the fetus art. We just flipped them over so they're just silver discs. And mm-hmm. I borrowed friends' um, return addresses. We didn't put Movision Films. We didn't put my name on or anything. We used other people, like friends' return addresses. Every single copy made it to the customers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it just goes to show that when you try to you know, hide some and make it taboo, that just draws oh, yeah. the attraction from the people. It was the best possible publicity we could have asked for for that movie. Definitely. I mean, they didn't hurt us at all. They just. But it also, here's the weird thing is that... Um, Customers will get in trouble. They'll get fined, whatever. They'll get their movies confiscated if we send them to them. But Black Lava Mm -hmm. can take a a whole case of fetus, drive into Germany, and there's like a big convention called Weekend of Hell or something there. And they can just bring Mm -hmm. fetus right in and sell it at the convention, perfectly legal. (laughs) Huh. Okay, so there's like loopholes. We found basically every one we can use. (laughs) Yeah. But we did put like on our website and stuff that um, 
do not order fetus from German customers. Don't order fetus from us. Go through Black Lava or get it through them because if you order from us, there's a good chance it's going to get confiscated and you won't get your movie. So we always try we try to find out the best ways to make um, you know the German customers get their products. Definitely. And uh, just the last couple ones I have for you is: uh, Do you have any advice for someone who may be listening and is interested in getting into the business of independent filmmaking? Just go for it. Don't. I mean, the fact that me and Rich George were able to do this, we started off just with a crappy, big shoulder-mounted VHS camcorder, and we're out in the woods. We ran. Um, you'll see, actually, well, yeah, you'll see them on Morbid Tales. The first movie is called Sacrificial Birth, and the second one we did was called Final Scream. And Final Scream was shot in the woods right behind his house, his parents' house at the time. And all we did, we had the camcorder. We ran, like, 200-foot, uh, what do you call it? Um, God, I just went blank. We ran cords out there, extension cords out, and we had one light. We had one light that we were able to put up on a stand. So we could light up maybe 10, 15 feet around us in a circle, wherever, which way we needed to film. And that's all we had. I mean, granted, I knew by that point I had gotten a better at makeup effects. So I had that advantage to be able to do some effects for the movie. Mm-hmm. But it was just two guys out there with hardly one light, one camera. And it was just basically our imaginations. We are just trying to push as far as we could. And from there, all the practice, now we're available worldwide. And yeah, that's that. Just just go for it and be in. All right. Awesome. Definitely. It's just try to do whatever you want. Don't let anything stop you. But also, as you're doing it, try to make it look as big as possible. Don't be like, oh, we have no money, so it only has to be a guy in a mask and we'll use our retractable knife or we'll try to do. So. You don't have. Don't let that hold you back. If you want to do creatures, try to make creatures any way you can. Do just go as large scale as possible as if you want to, and just don't let anything hold you back. Be as ambitious as possible, and if you want it bad enough, it will eventually happen. Awesome. And uh, for people who are interested, where can they uh, purchase your films and find your stuff at? Um, anyone listening from Europe, Black Lava, uh, Black Lava AT. Uh, they carry fetus, cryptic plasm, and soon they'll have some more. Um, at the moment, our website is shut down because we sold out of a couple of the titles that were on there. And we're having a little bit of a glitch with our website program. So our website is shut down right now, but we are putting stuff up on eBay. We have uh, cryptic plasm and bone sickness are available on eBay you know, under Morvision Films. And we're going to be very soon, we're going to be putting up some more stuff. Some of our older stuff, we got DVDRs ready to go and put on there. So, yeah, you can find us that way. Everything right there, everything through us is on the Movision Films. All right, awesome. And I uh, just want to say thank you again for coming on and talking to me. Oh, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, buddy.